So just like Dad said, we're mainly going to be in 2 Samuel 7. We'll skip around um, a little bit. So we're, we're mainly going to be talking, like we're going to break down this chapter into three parts, but stay with me till the end. Um, we're going to be looking at how David wanted to build God a temple and then how, what God's response to David was, and then God, David's prayer to God after he hears this response. So let's go ahead and read uh, verses 1 through 3. Now when the king lived in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, Now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go do, go do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. So we look in verse 2, and God, and David wants to build God a temple. And then in verse 3, you look at Nathan. He's pretty much saying to David, like, do it. Like, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Um, so then let's, now let's go to verse 4, and we're going to read all the way to 17. And this is God's response to David. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, would you build me a house would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all places where I have moved with all the people of Israel, did I speak a word with with any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people uh, shepherd my people Israel saying why have you not built me a house of cedar now therefore thus you shall say to my servant David thus says the Lord of hosts I took you from the pasture from following sheep that you should be prince over my people Israel and I've been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you and I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, so that they may dwell in their own place, and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more, as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies." Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall, be, he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity... I will discipline him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not, will not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me, and your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words and, accord, and in accordance with all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. You see in verse... It's in verse 4, that same night that David had 
during the day, David had gone to Nathan and was like, let me build a temple for God. That same night, the Word of God came to Nathan and he basically, God basically told him, David is not to build my temple. It's going to be his son. And this commentary puts it in a great way. It says, verse 5, it's kind of a way of God saying to David, you know, it's not up to you to build me a temple. If God needed a house, he would determine who the builder would be and when it would be built. And if you want to go ahead and turn there, or, well, after we read the rest of this chapter, be ready to turn to First Chronicles 22. Uh, it gives the reason to why God would not allow David to build his temple, and we'll look at that in a minute. Now let's look at verse 18 through the rest of the chapter. This is David's prayer to God after hearing the response that God had. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me thus far? And yet this was a small thing in your eyes, O Lord God. You have spoken also of your servant's house for a great while to come, and this is and this is instruction for mankind, O Lord God. And what more can David say to you, for you know your servant, O Lord God, because of your promise and according to your own heart, you have brought it you have brought about all this greatness to make your servant know it. Therefore you are great, O Lord God, for there is none like you, and there is no God besides you. According to all that we have heard with our with our ears, and who is like your people Israel, the one nation on earth whom God went to redeem to be his people, making himself a name and doing for them great and awesome things by driving out before your people whom you redeemed for yourself from Egypt, a nation and its gods? And you established for yourself your people Israel to be your people forever, and you, O Lord, became their God. And now, O Lord God, confirm forever the word that you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house, and do, and do as you have spoken. And your name will be glorified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is God over Israel, and the house of your servant David will be established before you. For you, O Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, have made this revelation to your servant, saying, I will build you a house. Therefore, your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. And now, O Lord God, you are God, and your words are true. And you have promised this good thing to your servant. Now, therefore, may it please you, may it please you to bless the house of your servant, so that it may continue forever before you. For you, Lord, O Lord God, have spoken, and with your blessing shall the house of your servant be blessed forever. David starts out his prayer in verse 18 with humility by saying, "Who am I?" O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me this far? David knew his place and he respected that God was above him. He also understood that he was very unworthy of the blessings that God had given him. And, then, and he recognizes that the accomplishments that he had during his tenure as king were far inferior to the plans that God had placed for David's future. 
And the most important thing that I took out of this prayer that David prayed to God was he accepted, it's the hardest thing, he accepted that he was not the one to build the temple. And even though he didn't get what he wanted so much to do for God, what he was going to get in return was far greater. And although David didn't build the temple, he had so much honor for God that he made the preparations for Solomon to build the temple. In 1 Chronicles 15, when David brings the ark to Jerusalem, um, I was reading in this commentary, and it puts these events in such great perspective. It says, Think about what excitement there must have been when the ark of the Lord was brought into Jerusalem. David wanted all to know who the true king of Israel was. David did not wear royal garments or march in the royal dignity. Instead, he wore a white robe over simple linen tunic. And he danced about the ark, praising the Lord. No parade had met David when he made Jerusalem his capital, but he wanted a triumphal entry for the Lord. So you can go ahead and flip over to 1 Chronicles 22, and this illustrates how David made preparations for the temple to be built, and then it also shows his charge to his son Solomon to build the temple. And we'll, we'll start in verse 2, and we'll go all the way to verse 13. Starting in verse 2, David commanded to gather together the resident aliens who were in the land of Israel. And he set stone cutters to prepare dressed stones for building the house of God. David also provided great quantities of iron for nails, for the doors of the gates, and, and for clamps, as well as bronze in quantities beyond weighing, and cedar timbers without number. For the Sidonians and the Tyrians brought great quantities of cedar to David. For David said, Solomon my son is young and inexperienced, and the house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent, of fame and glory throughout all lands. I will therefore make preparation for it. So David provided materials in great quantity before his death. Then he called for Solomon his son and charged him to build a temple to build a house for the Lord, the God of Israel. David said to Solomon, My son, I had, I had it in my heart to build a house to the, ne to the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, You have shed much blood and have waged great wars. You, have, you shall not build a house to my name, because you have shed so much blood before me on the earth. Behold, a son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest. I will give him rest from all his surrounding enemies, for his name shall be Solomon. And I will give peace and quiet to Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name. He shall be my son, and I will be his father. And I will establish his royal throne in Israel forever. Now, my son, the Lord be with you, so that you may succeed in building the house of the Lord your God, as he has spoken concerning you. Only may the Lord grant you discretion and understanding, that when he gives you charge over Israel, you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then, then you will prosper if you are careful to observe his statutes and rules that the, that the Lord commanded Moses for Israel. Be strong and courageous. Fear not. Do not be dismayed. 
when you look at this time of David, God was dwelling in the temple in Jerusalem. So where is God today? Well, God dwells in the church. He dwells in us. So what are we supposed to be doing to be kingdom builders for God? Well, we do exactly what David did. We do whatever we can. Well, I'm not a good speaker. I don't know what to, I don't know what to say about this stuff. I don't know how to talk to people about this stuff. What if I don't say the right thing? You don't have to be a speaker. You don't even have to be out front leading the charge. God is not calling us to be perfect. Look back at who we just were talking about. When Israel wanted a king, they wanted someone pleasing to the eye that looked like a king. But God chose David, the youngest of his brothers, a shepherd, a man after God's own heart. And what we read in 2 Samuel 7 is what God said to David, I took you from leading sheep to leading my people. Look at Jesus. When he was calling his disciples, what did he say to James and John? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. God chooses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And I'll say that again. God chooses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. So how can you be a kingdom builder for God? Take what you're good at to build His kingdom. For some, you know, that could be speaking. It could be leading singing. For others, it could just be writing cards or just being a good example. And there are so many other things that, can be, that you can do to build His kingdom. You can be behind the scenes and still be building God's kingdom. Let's take a step back at when God was trying to find a new king for Israel. God told Samuel in 1 Samuel 16 that the Lord does not look on the outward appearance, but looks at the heart. Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Don't you want to see God? When it comes down to it, it's always a matter of the heart. Your heart has to be in the right place for you to be all in on building God's kingdom. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. Sounds simple when you put it into words, but it's not easy because God doesn't want half of you. He doesn't want three-fourths of you. God wants all of you. And some of us, speaking to myself, some of us in here, it could be holding on to one little thing that is keeping us and hindering us from being all in. And, well, you know, some, you know, you might say, well, what's one little thing? going to do to hold me back. You know, like, look at all these other things I'm doing that are so good. What's one little thing? Matthew 7, 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Romans 12, 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. You really want to be a kingdom builder for God? Let go of that one thing. Let go of that one thing. Do it and be transformed with a pure heart. 
And I'll close and say one last thing. And if you didn't get anything out of all this tonight, get this. God does not want perfect people building His kingdom. He wants the pure in heart. And if you have any need tonight that we can help you with, please come forward as we stand and sing.